based on the true events. This feature chronicles the 78-day standoff between two Mohawk communities and government forces in 1990 Quebec. We're talking movies. We're talking beans. Starring Kia Wento, Viola Beaveris, and Rainbow Dickerson. Written by Meredith Vanush and Tracy Deer, who also directed. Chris, do you understand what's at stake here? If they hate us, we suffer. Say something mean to me! Hey everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? Uh, We're going to be talking about Beans, uh, a film from 2020, uh, from here in Canada, uh, by an Indigenous filmmaker. Uh, It's a bit heavy, uh, but yeah, bear with us. Scott, take us away. All right. Uh, This is my first time watching this film. I'm going to say, like, for me, biopics are probably one of the hardest genres to get right. Because in reality, like, we're either the heroes or the villains of the story and very rarely is there any middle ground and i think what this film did very well was take um an event in recent canadian history and show it in a light that's kind of refreshing because you do see what i think was the best choice in this film was the editing of using the actual news coverage uh for its scenes transitions in which whatever that coverage was is kind of the reflection of the issue the character bean was going to be going on through into the next like scene tram yeah the editor uh sophie farkas bowl uh she's from montreal quebec uh she actually is also the editor of angry unic uh which is about the canceling of the seal hunt by the european union and how it had a, a disproportionate effect on the indigenous inuit communities of uh the north obviously um yeah, the editing is solid. I, I actually really like that as well, the real footage. And some of those, like, man, some of those uh, Quebecois, I wonder if they, like, went back and, like, watched some of the shit they said live on, like, the CBC or whatever and uh, re- regret it. You know what I mean? Like, there were some harsh, harsh, like, real comments uh, towards the indigenous population that were being thrown around, like, very caval- in a very cavalier fan- uh, fashion. Yeah, um, and that's the thing, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, God, I, I'm hoping at least that these people are regretting what they're saying and what they said in the heat of the moment. But there were a lot of um, things said as well that was in support of. Yes. Right? And, and that's the thing that I, I think um, they did well. Like, they could have just gone and just shown, like, you know, the negative negativity and like the hatred but see that there was uh people on their side as well and even the the one comment the one person made like this is all for a fucking golf course like yep yep <laughs> right? absolutely man it was just like more rich assholes wanting more rich asshole stuff caused this whole thing up to including the canadian military being called in you know what i mean yeah and that like to be honest, like, I know this is 1990 um, and somewhat recent. Like, I don't remember this from my childhood. Um, but again, back when this was happening, I wasn't really watching the news or anything. And 
this was pre-internet, right? Like it was right around. Yeah, I mean, but it, it was it was on the news. I was actually my dad was living in Montreal at that time. And as a kid, uh, so I was in like what grade six or grade seven or something like that, visiting him right after Oka and having been on that bridge, the bridge between Montreal and the South Shore or whatever. And just like being able to like in my small childhood brain, uh, being able to contextualize like this is the thing I saw on TV that had the soldiers and the, the, all that crazy stuff going on. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So what, what, what did you think of the, so knowing not much about Oka, uh, what, what did you think about first off, like just the whole dispute in general and then the way it was filmed? Yeah. Like, um, obviously like for a fucking golf course is stupid mm. and, and, and that's what they, they did well with the news footage too was actually having the like showing the developer on the news saying like i don't give a shit Mm. like we're gonna expand right and and that's the thing when i say with biopics like technically most biopics if they were to do this uh this event you probably would have seen it from the developer side like there would have been an actor playing the developers being like why they want this and everything like that and then kind of build towards that and build towards probably the corruption that was going on to actually fucking bring in um, what construction corruption in the province of quebec i have never heard of that before <laughs> i haven't can can you enlighten me <laughs> are you serious Oh man, I, I don't know if you're joking right now, but yeah, like the especially like the city of Montreal and stuff like that. It's like intertwined with like the mafia and like shady construction uh, contracts where like politicians are paid off, money is taken out of construction to the point that like fucking bridges collapse and roads collapse. Like it's like it's like the Simpsons meet the Sopranos. So the Simpsanos is basically what Montreal is when it comes to construction. See, that was good, Chris, because, you know, not all our listeners are Canadians, so they don't know about this, but good, good uh, bringing it out, right? Yeah. The fact that I had to do that, fuckers, come on, I thought you were a professional, but yeah, so I thought they did well, and I think what you're saying about your own experience, too, of being a child and going on that bridge, right, and that's that's the thing that I thought was really refreshing with this, with this film was literally taking a child's point of view, like a kid that's technically growing up, you know, uh, starting to come into her own. And this is her backdrop, right? Like this is what she kind of has to deal with. And in reality, not being able to deal with it well, right? Like lashing out and going that, but it's kind of similar to what, um, like, I wouldn't be surprised if fucking Kenneth Brana watched this and kind of modeled Belfast kind of after, after this yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah, where yeah, you're, yeah. Where like you're a, taking like, one. Like a trauma or, or an event that is like larger than life that the world mm-hmm. knows, thinks they know about, and then seeing it through a child's eyes. Yeah. So again, Even Jojo th- Rabbit. This, this film is yet another in back-to-back film examples of great use of subtext that is a bazillion times better than fucking nope just to remind you just so you really have hammered home what good subtext writing looks like this is another example nope is an awful example 
Is this... No variety article needed to understand what the fuck is going on on all those multiple layers in this film. Great work, Tracy Deer. So is this going to be the fucking running gag? Yes, fucking absolutely. Scott is going to learn about subtext by reviewing films with Chris. That could actually be the new name for our podcast. (laughs) Scott and Chris talk subtext. Like, listen, when we did the running gag for Top Gun, like that was fucking good. That was a good running gag that we had going. Yes, yes, yes. This This is also a good running gag. And you're going to learn some shit from it. (laughs) No, it's not. So I, I thought Tracy Deer, so being, so she's the story writer. And as you already pointed out, she's also co-screenwriter and directs th- this project. Uh, so she actually comes out of the documentary world. Uh, she did uh, Mohawk Girls, One More River, or One More River, The Deal That Split the Cree, uh, and Club Native. Uh, Mohawk Girls then got turned into a TV series, uh, like a narrative TV series called Mohawk Girls as well. Uh, she also did writing on Anne with an E, which if you don't know about Canada, for some reasons, we have this obsession with pumping out Anne of Green Gables stuff. Anything associated with Anne of Green Gables seems to, the world seems to really like be pumping out like we pump out maple wait, wait, wait. It's ahead. not, it's not Canada in general. It's the CBC. And, the and PEI. And PEI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, they, they need some funding. Like they need some location funding. And they're like, what can we do? They're like, fuck it. Anne of Green Gables. Something Anne of Green Gables. Like next thing you know, it'll be like, and with a me living in a tree. I don't know. Something like they, there always is some road to Avonlea. And, and we have a bunch of Canadian actors that continue to come out of the Anne of Green Gables uh, genre <laughs> of CBC <laughs> TV filmmaking. Um, actually, so interesting sidebar. So uh, because I'm guessing because of her work with on Anne with an E is where she first worked with uh kia wentio uh the actor that played beans because she she was the indigenous character that was specifically written in she played the character the, the specific indigenous storyline in way and with an e so i'm assuming that is where they first met because then she got hired to do uh beans um mm-hmm. but yeah tracy tracy is from is mohawk and she is from kenawake uh Ken- kenawake in quebec which is one of the reserves that you see in this film so this is almost autobiographical for her and it actually took her like seven years to really get through the screenplay because it was extreme like she had to do therapy to like help her through the trauma of revisiting these experiences from the oka crisis yeah that's fucking crazy but in terms of what you're saying i know uh to kind of sidebar a little bit but like sidebar sidebar to the sidebar yeah yeah like I will say, like, this fucking cast is great, too. Right? Yes. The cast they choices. Yes. And, and, and I'm, like, watching this. And, and again, this is my first time. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, it's Reservation Dogs. That's a- <laughs> so can, can we talk a, a bit about uh, Paulina Alexis or Alexis? Uh, she She's in Red Dog. She was in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yo, that chick is, like, my fucking spirit animal. She's such a she's a badass motherfucker in every role she plays. Like she's dope in Res Dogs. In this, she's just like rough and tough. Like she's like a fucking indigenous fucking Charlie Bronson, man. I fucking love it. I, I want I am so excited to see where her career goes. Cause she's like a heart like she has to end up in well, I guess there's only what one Tarantino film left to be made. Unless he doesn't count like, I don't know, weird TV shit that he does. Like she could be in like like a Pam Greer 
you know, indigenous exploitation, like grindhouse, like actor, fucking hundred percent. She's a tough motherfucker. I love, I love her work. It's fucking great. So what you're saying is, oh, don't forget to drink, even though it's morning, because I said the T word. <laughs> that's that's the thing, right? I'm like, fuck. I'm like, this is way too early to, to set this up. But yeah, but like, she's I good, think, right? Like she's so well, hard. she was great, and and that's the thing. While the story goes on, right, um, you find out like her backstory, and you feel like yeah, traumatized yeah. as hell for it. Um, where you know she was like, like she was she was I want I didn't want to say the popular one, but she was like, she's the cool the, one for sure. She's the cool yeah. female uh, protagonist or lead. Like the hard ass, like the yeah, take yeah, no yeah. shit, right? And then, you know, when she kind of takes Bean under her wings, right? And then she was like, okay, you know, they had the whole like little kids thing where it's like two minutes in the closet. Back in my day, we did seven minutes. Back yeah, and you also day, had to walk did... up the hill both ways in the snow or whatever, right? And we had to spend yeah. seven minutes in that closet. <laughs> Boom. We have to sit. But uh, uh, yeah, it was seven minutes in heaven. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, see, I was right. Fuck this two minute shit. That, I think that was Tracy Deer. Like, fuck one day, fucking Langford is gonna um, gonna be reviewing it originally this film, was and seven I don't want him to be. And they're like, <laughs> he's like, we need to cut this down. It's now two minutes. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> the kissing scene was good, but it needed to be shorter. <laughs> <laughs> be like, there shouldn't have been two kisses. One was enough. We got it. <laughs> but, but yeah, and then. Like, and, but that was the first sign kind of thing too, where she was like, Hey, like, I'm sorry that happened. It'll never happen again. Right. And then, cause her character was like worried as shit for beans. Right. Yeah. 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 And well, then she refers on, to her as being like a baby and stuff like that. And yeah, that yeah. actually kicks off kind of their bit of that falling out when she's like, you're just a little baby. And she's like, I'm not a baby. You just, you're mad because nobody wants to go in the fucking closet with you or whatever. And, and then like, that's oh, what, yeah. Bird. And then you see how like upset that made her, and you're just thinking like, oh, um, you know, like she's not like she's the tough one. She's not the um, like the one you with know, a, the one heart. the people that want to date. Yeah, right. And that's why she gets mad. But then you find out like her backstory, and you're like fucking traumatized. And you, you can see like how that that was kind of really good writing that that tracy deer and meredith did in which you know it like you said it was all kind of subtext right like it was just like little crumbs it was like fucking hansel and gretel right until you got to the fucking wicked witch yeah at the end where you find out who that is and why it's so bad right so i've got i actually have two quotes i'm going to use one of my quotes and then i want to i want to use it as a bit of a springboard uh adam Naiman of cinemascope says an accessible unsanitized drama foregrounding indigenous experience one that does not hedge on depicting embedded quebecois racism and discrimination director tracy deer is staking out a fertile patch of filmmaking terrain and i do like that like there's periods of just like lightness like there's that i i really loved uh, uh that shot of the two girls on their bicycles and they're just like riding and they're having like a great time and they're like we own this road yeah Woo! yeah 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 like uh the dop Mar- uh married uh Davin- um did a great job with all the cinematography she actually got nom- this film got nominated for multiple canadian screen awards but i'm, I'm getting sidetracked here 
Um, it goes from these periods of like lightness and like, you know, like you said, like she, you're, you're watching a coming of age story that's happening inside this extremely traumatic event. And so we see beans as the young, young girl. And then you see all the other shit, right? Like from the Quebecois racism, sex stuff, like other extremely heavy stuff. And the way she shoots it is it's fucking palatable and it's real and it's tangible. Like, the scene when they're driving, they get across the bridge after the soldiers, and then you see the the, the white Quebecois people like throwing the rocks and stuff. Like, man, that is fucking traumatic, and it's long. Like, it's not like it happens quickly. Like, she just sits there, and you just watch it. And, you, and, and she shoots the French Canadians in a manner that you can see them yelling and like almost frothing at the mouth and like throwing rocks and stuff like that. And you see it, and she just lets you sit there and watch the pain on her on the mo- on the mother and on the children and and that happens in a couple different scenes throughout the film and it's it's fucking heavy man but it's very yeah, real I, and I, yeah no and the choice she made too in which you know the um when they're having those scenes each little like um edit when it moved from one angry group to the another there was always one or two police officers there that wasn't doing anything right yeah. just their arms crossed or their backs turned so they would just allow that shit to happen right and then when she has you know when beans has that like emotional break and she goes after the cops right like you feel it too right because she's like bawling her eyes out like you're supposed to protect us too right or the the scene in the town that's fucking awful. Like, not even just the, in the store. Oh, I do like when the, like, young French-Canadian girl's like, yeah, take that shit. Get the fuck out of here. Like, fucking steal that. Mm-hmm. But when they come back to the boat, like, that is, I don't, I think actually that is the, like, other than the, some of the, like, sexual assault conversations, like, that is the heaviest scene. Seeing those men, like, grown-ass men basically uh, bullying these women and these children. Like it, yeah, it, spinning it, it, on them. Oh, and fuck. Like and that. it's so visceral. Like the camera is right in there. She did an amazing job with that, which makes me think like if that's what she was willing to show, like how bad was her experiences or her friend's experience and family's experiences during the Oka crisis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there was one scene that um, kind of took me out of it a little bit, a tiny little bit is when they, uh, you know, when they first go to that graveyard. Yeah. Right? And then the, you see all the uh, the golf balls uh, right there, right by the <laughs> Oh, my God. Stones. Fuck. I and, just and listen, realized I'm I didn't not... know those were golf balls. I was like, what okay. are they picking up? <laughs> okay. They, they were golf balls. Um, and listen, I'm not an avid golfer. But if there is that many balls in the woods, they those golfers would have been fucking in there grabbing all those balls. You would not see any balls like, like, cause if, especially if that's by a bridge and there's water, a lot of those golf balls are going to go be going in the water that these golfers are going in the woods to pick them up as the, the ones to shoot (laughs) just in case they lose it. Be like, fuck, I'm not going down five cents. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Golf balls are not cheap. Cause yeah, there was a good, like three dozen golf balls by the end of it that they decided to just bury in the, in the ground for some reason mm-hmm. i'm like they, they like 
they could have grabbed those, went in front of the golf course and sold them for a buck each. And there would have been a golfer that would have bought them. They could have made some money. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, I'm glad that that in this extremely serious drama, that was the part that you were just like fixated on was the cost of the golf balls. <laughs> I'm like, come on, come on. They could have, they could have made some money. That's all I'm saying. Um, so this film, uh, has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, 79 audience score. Uh, it did very well, especially here in Canada. Uh, it was nominated for best cinematography. This is at the Canadian screen awards in 2021. It was nominated for best cinematography, best cast and best sound. And it ended up winning best picture and best feature for Tracy Deer. Uh, it also won the director's guild award in 2020 for best emerging filmmaker again, Tracy Deer. Uh, and it won Best Canadian Film at the Vancouver International Film Festival. So, you know, great accolades, fantastic film. I definitely look forward to more of her work. Um, yeah, I mean, do you do you do you really? I don't think there's really any issues with this film. It's like it's 90 minutes, and it feels at points it does feel a bit long, but it's the way Schindler's List can feel long, like. You can't, you can't be like, ah, why, why is there no more like excitement in this scene? You know what I mean? Like you need the ebb and flow to make it feel real too. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing, like, oh, like I was saying before, like what, what they did, like there was what Tracy Deer was able to do was even in the heaviest fucking moments, like the next kind of scene kind of brought you down, right? Yes. Like it, like she she was able to take you on a very um roller coaster ride where you're you're fucking tense and you're like down in, in like holy fuck, I can't believe this shit's happening. In which then, you know, you have the scene with the girls like riding on the bikes. Uh or you have the um, you know, just the the community just kind of coming together kind of thing or just the fucking at the end the elation when it's all over and then they're like taking down the barricade and she's a, you, you can see it because it's not um like the, the mic wasn't really on it but um the girl from reservoir dogs is like don't drop it right yeah, and then yeah. she pretends to like like <laughs> like drop it and they're like you see them laughing kind of thing because they're like it's fucking like it's over right and you can see the joy and and the thing and i think yeah i think the pacing is done very well that you know you are engulfed and you are captivated by what's going on well and i i would assume that because this is a very much uh, real experience for the director and the writer you know having that ebb and flow also keeps it from being like trauma porn right like it's not just like you know, all the violence, we're only going to talk about the violence or we're only going to talk about all the shitty things that are happening and you just fixate on that. You you get that like, this is really bad, but people also go about, sort of like in Belfast, right? People go about their, their day-to-day lives. Like right now, like the Ukraine has been in, in invaded for months now, but people are going to work, they're doing their thing and like, oh, fucking air raid, you know, during the World War II, the bombing of Britain, you know, people went about their day-to-day and like, Life goes on, even even amongst, you know, tragedy and conflict, life goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I know exactly what you mean. And that's what I'm saying, like in terms of biopics, it is a hard genre to do, right? Because you either know the story or you don't really fucking care about the story, right? To, and I think, 
even though technically I lived through this, uh, I didn't really know much of it, but after watching it, it kind of <coughs> does want to like go back and read more about what was happening and more of the stories that were going on. So I would actually, I mean, maybe they do. Um, I think this is a perfect film to show in school, like in public school, because we don't have a really good background in indigenous conflict here in Canada. You know, maybe we're starting to have those conversations. I think that is good. I hope they continue. Um, but we like, I mean, I didn't know lots about residential schools, you know, in, in high school, et cetera, et cetera. And you can just go off of that. This is such a well done film that, and this is why I'm using it as a comparison to Schindler's List. Like I think Schindler's List is a great film to show about the Nazis and the Holocaust. Like this is a great film to be like, Hey, so the Oka crisis, sit down, watch this film. We'll have a conversation. You know, this, it is one of the, the most recent examples to, or sorry, the first example in modern times of an indigenous nation standing up and saying like, no more, like it's the buck stops here kind of thing. Right. So. Mm-hmm. all right that was very well um, now yeah so the last thing i'm going to say is again my i had another quote uh that i think you know goes kind of in to my statement i just made there so judy dry of IndieWire said if rendering their story artfully through a camera lens opens just one mind then beans is already an unmitigated triumph And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. In, uh, Green Gables of Anne comes <laughs> out, right? Like, it's a modern take now. She, it's no longer in the prairies. It's actually a dystopian and it's shot by, but it's also shot by David Cronenberg. Oh my god, it, you do like fucking, oh, that's the next one right there, right? Like, it's like the apocalypse and they're like rebuilding fucking society, but it's old prairie, like... Uh, yeah, because know. technology's all fucked up, so they have to use like the old school like turn of the century kind of like tech. Yeah. And then every once in a while they'll come up and look, they'll see like an iPad and be like, I wonder what this was used for. And then they'll turn right. on the iPad and there will be Anne of Green Gables playing on said iPad. Oh, there we go. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.